I know how hard it is and how scary it is to be in a situation that makes you feel like you want to end your life. That makes you feel like it's the last option. That if you don't do it, it's never going to get better and there's no other way. I've taken that step, I've tried that step, and it was not fulfilling. It did nothing to make me feel better. It did nothing to make my family feel better. Even the people that I thought hated me, that didn't want me around, they were devastated. I want you to think about God. I want you to think about any type of relationship you've ever had with Him and what He's given you from that. And just me measure that to what you're feeling because it's always going to be greater even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. I know the pain and the fear and the shame and the guilt that comes with even having those thoughts. Don't let anyone push you toward that. Keep walking forward, keep loving, keep doing what makes you take that next step. And always know that someone loves you, God loves you, Jesus loves you. Just don't do anything with those feelings to hurt yourself. Find ways to cope, find people who will help you with that because you are loved. The first experience I had at Camp Agape, I was really, I don't know, I was just nervous. I didn't want to have any friends. I just wanted to be by myself. Well, I met some new mentors. I did meet a friend on a bus. I made him laugh a little bit. And um, he stood beside me after we got off the bus. We started talking, we went to our cabins. He was scared at night and I helped him out a little bit. I gave him a little talk. Tell him not to be scared. Yeah, I'll be by his side. I'll be by his side the whole time. Camp has changed me because um, I believed in the Lord, but I didn't really like, like I was like, oh, I, he, he's, he's God, but I never like really like trusted in him. I didn't really like know who he was. Till Camp Agape, like, I started seeing differences. He showed me like there's love, forgiveness, and like hate and and being mad is not the way of life. If I had to tell someone that Camp Agape, what I would tell them was that it's a great camp. You should come here, you know, get to know kids that are just like you. Like it's it's a good place to make friends, make memories. It's a nice place. Just going to Camp Agape, learning learning about God, you know, Jesus and stuff like that, it's a breather. You turn to a new person. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day. I appreciate that. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys are the camp directors at Camp Agape, California. We actually connected because you and I won the Max Out Challenge from Ed Milet. How did that call go for you guys with Ed Milet? That was phenomenal. You know, Ed's just a wonderful, wonderful man. Has a heart for the youth like we do, too. So we had a real connected heart towards the ministry that we do, too. And because um, back in and Ed's, um, before he started, you know, his business, he worked with kids that are, that yeah. are uh, troubled. So he has a background in that. Really kind of challenged us to get some things in order in order to catch what God has for us as far as the, the financial world about expanding this ministry to, to other um, portions of California and out throughout the United States. Right. We really believe that we can disrupt the intergenerational incarceration of our children. Basically, here in California, we've got over 300,000 kids that have um, at least one parent in prison. And statistically, 50% of those kids will go to prison themselves. Oh my 
So Gosh. just here in California, looking at 150,000 kids. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, Ed's a good dude. He definitely has that soft heart for for the, the I think, youth in, in general, but just growing and expanding businesses and ministries all around. Uh, I've uh, had a chance to talk with him as well. And he lives up here where I'm at in Coeur d'Alene uh, two, months, two months out of the year. So one of these days, I said, the next time you're up, I'm taking you out for a steak dinner. So we'll see if he takes me up on that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. We invite him to camp. Said if he's in town, he's going to come up to camp check it out. So he, cause he actually lives down here too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Guys yeah. Well, you guys both come from dysfunctional families as well. I mean, John, you even said in one of your videos that you kind of grew up without a dad. I'd love to hear your guys' stories. And how, how did you guys come to be where you're at today? You know, I grew up with a single home. You know, my dad left our house when I was, before I was like two years old. So I never really knew my dad. Probably met him maybe four or five times my whole life. Okay. He was an alcoholic that literally, literally drank himself to death, you know. Wow. And through my teen years, not having a father, I was heading down the same road. Mm. Kind of like, like with these kids that we're working with today. And I think that's why my heart's so for these kids, because I understand. Yeah. My, dad, my dad was in prison, but it, his prison was a bottle, you know. Yep. And, and he made a, a, a choice not to see me, not to be my father. You know, which probably even hurts even more because he he had a choice, but he chose the drinking over me and my my and my family. I did sports all my whole life. I was very good in sports, and that was kind of kept me out of most of the trouble. Yeah. But once I got into my end of my high school years, I was getting heavily into drugs and heavily into just the party scene, and 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 I just see the hand of God all over my life because He kept me out of things where I shouldn't even be alive today. Yeah. I mean, there has been instances I've had guns pulled on me. I, I've, you know, been in fights where I thought I killed the guy, you know, and those are the things that I really believe he protected me in those times, knowing that, you know, I was eventually going to pull my, my life around, you know, but it was only through him. Jesus is the great rehabilitator, you know, because I, I even talked about with the kids, you know, if this country would allow us to come in and be, and teach what really rehabilitates people. It says that, that God says he takes a heart of stone and he turns it into a heart of flesh. You know, and what we do, we come in and tell them the truth. It says the truth will set us free. And we see that with these kids. They come in very hard, you know, mm -hmm. very hard. And yet, you, I call it a bucket list for Christians or a bucket list for anybody if you have a heart for children. When you see a kid come in, hey, screw this, I don't want to be here, F you to praising and worshiping God wow. in a very short period of time, the, the, the transformation is unreal. Mm -hmm. And I always say no greater joy in life as far as I'm concerned than seeing a life that's been transformed, a life that was going down the road that I was going down. Yet someone came out and spoke into my life and allowed me to, to see the truth. And I think that's the power of our, our camp is because the, it's, they, they think their life is normal. Right. You know, and then when they see a lifestyle that, you know, people love them, you know, people care about them, they have hope through what we do in our camp, you know. So in, I'm getting a little bit away from my own life, but that's basically what once we got saved and then I met my wife, we both, I have 20 years clean and sober. She has wow. well, 22 now. I have 24 well, she got 24. I got 22 then. I'm two years behind. Gotcha. gotcha. That's awesome. <laughs> Get the date. Go ahead. I ain't saying a little bit about what you got going on. For me, 
recently. Um, so like my husband said, I had a life, um, I can actually say I'm more over the halfway point of living a life of addiction. So about half my life, I was just traveling and doing all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I was brought up in a dysfunctional home. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, everyone on his that side of the family was an alcoholic. We had a lot of death in my family. I lost a brother um, when I was about a year and a half clean and sober to alcoholism and addiction or addiction. And then um, I had a niece and a nephew who we raised, my mom and dad raised because their dad was in prison and my mom, had, or their, their mom, my sister had died when she was 21. And so like, I know what it is to have, um, a family being a family that's been affected by, you know, a parent incarcerated. So we saw the craziness of that. And so like, I get it. And not only that, but just living that life myself. And then, um, yeah, then I had a radical turnaround. I was used to live on the big island of Hawaii. And the day okay. before I went back, I got radically saved and um, got clean for a little while, but didn't really get rooted and grounded in my face. So I fell away and went about 10 years more into my addiction, went really hard this time, and um, got clean at the age of 33. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, that's my life kind of just started. And um, then I met John a couple years into my recovery, and then we just kind of did this blended family thing. So we have a blended family of six kids, so we don't have any kids together. Um, and then, so yeah, so we worked hard and took care of our kids, always of service, you know, yeah. was in the program for a long time. so. My journey actually began in Narcotics Anonymous because I wasn't going to go to church because I had already done the God thing and that worked for me. But then after working the steps, I found my higher power. Yeah. And through Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, the one day at a time, I've got 24 years clean and sober. And I think where really the whole shift in, happened in our life is when we moved back to the Big Island of Hawaii for all the right reasons. And I helped some friends of ours plant a church and like we planned a course, God determined our steps. We ended up in another church and uh, make a long story short, um, got involved with prison ministry, which was kind of crazy because I was like, why would I go there? Went there and, and what I had to see that peace. And I think the whole time we lived there, we did prison ministry. And so like for three years, I, you know, was in there, you know, every month and, and I realized that there was a lot of women in there doing time for half my crime. And a lot of it was addiction. Yeah. So it really kind of fired me up, but my heart was always for the kids. So we got a call to come back here. And before we came back here, because we have a daughter who's in Mexico, and I just felt like, you know, doors were kind of closing there, didn't really know what that looked like. So we ended up coming back to California. And right before we came back, like the week he was moving back, we saw this camp they were doing for the kids. And we we're like, wow, this is amazing. Like, we have to come back and be mentored. We're going to do this. Like, this is awesome. And then we just got involved for like, three years just going to camp back in the big island going back and forth living here but going back every year and just really plugging in and pouring into the camp and and just over prayer and then we took a team and then that's when it all changed and they were like wow this is awesome why aren't we doing this in california and then we had a friend come and share vision and so just kind of through prayer thought you know what let's do this so we're going right getting ready to do our year four of camp here and it's been amazing and the people that like like Ed Milet's just the people that have just been positioned before us to kind of just take us to the next level of like leadership and growth and what it is and like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger because now we're kind of in the process of um, establishing a foundation for really breaking the cycle which is going to go beyond camp yeah so, absolutely keep growing and that was Ed's kind of 
um, suggest, well, he asked me if he can keep me accountable about getting the foundation going. Wow. So we, that's already in motion. The paperwork's done, submitted. Boom, we're on it that night. <laughs> Come on. That is awesome. That is awesome. Sometimes it's just that confirmation that people need, like an my list and yourself, to say, hey, keep pushing in, keep persevering, because it's a tough road, man. Yeah. And I, was, I was hearing you share about, you know, working a full-time job. I work a full-time job. I work this ministry full-time, you know, plus the family, plus everything else that we got going on. Sometimes it's like, whoa, what did, what did I step into? <laughs> right. <laughs> I see 154 kids give their life to Christ. When I baptized 26 kids in this last year, wow. and two fat, full families, you know, where you see kids come to church now with their families, that the whole families are being transformed mm-hmm. by the gospel. And it, that just, that's what keeps, keeps us going, you know. Yeah. I mean, the ministry is amazing. What made you guys decide to, I mean, you started plugging in, but how big is this thing? And what exactly is Camp Agape for those that don't know what you guys are doing right now? Well, Camp Agape was actually birthed out of a ministry called Angel Tree, okay. which, is, which is a product of um, Prison Fellowship. And Prison Fellowship is a nationwide ministry that goes into the prisons and speaks to the prisoners. And then through that, they felt led to give presents on Christmas for the kids. So they started this ministry called Angel Tree. And then um, back at in, a, in Oahu, back in 2005, Pastor Roy Armado said, we got to do more than just give these kids presents. You know, I think we have a lot of ministries right now that go into prisons and work with the men and women in the prisons. And we do that too. But it's so much more difficult to go in afterwards and minister to them after they've already been incarcerated and, and been down that road. Not that God doesn't reach them, not that God doesn't save them, but we need to, to get them before all that stuff happens. And that's what Camp Agape comes in. You know, that's what we felt that once when Roy started these camps, we started seeing now whole families and generations start to be transformed through the children Mm -hmm. well you'll see in hawaii you'll see you know generations mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts all serving at the camp that have been incarcerated and you'll start where we have already started that in our camp in four years we're already seeing that whereas if they've been doing camp they're going now on 15 years and i mean we're kind of seeing that same fruit in this camp after four years so three years and we're going on four years wow yeah, and I'll give you a real just uh, story. We had a kid named um, Edward in our camp. He was 10 years old at the time. And he comes to our first camp, and his dad's been, he's doing life. Mm. And he's been in since he was six months old. And wow. our camp's very strategic on how we operate our camp. We walk him through the healing process of God's Word. Mm-hmm. So we do it. Th- the first day is all on trust. So the, the, the message is on trust. The kids journal each day. They journal, it's called SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application application and prayer mm-hmm. so they'll have scriptures on trust and then they'll be able to share they'll come up in front of the camp you'll see in some of our videos the kids up there sharing what the word of god has spoken to them that i think that is our backbone because i could we could feed the kids for a day and give them the word of god which we do we could teach them the word of god which we do but when they learn how to feed themselves and read the word of god and get it in an applicational form i really believe that's what sticks that's where you're going to get the long-term uh, health and wellness through the gospel, you know, is when the kids are actually in the word themselves. We got kids, I got parents sending me videos of the kids mm-hmm. still journaling. Wow. So anyways, I get I'm excited. But Edward, on the, the second day's love, the third day's forgiveness, and the last day's hope and prayer. On forgiveness, we have crosses up there when the kids come up and write where if someone's hurt you, 
you want to forgive them to put them on a cross it's all a flash paper so they'll nail it on the cross and, and then light on fire wow. but so on his way home from camp his dad calls from prison that was the first year was his first, first year and what's the odds of his dad getting them on the way home from camp mom puts them on speakerphone and and long story short edward interrupts his dad says dad i gotta tell you something he says what's that what's that edward he goes uh, i forgave you at camp huh. And the amazing thing is the dad was blown away. Mom's in tears because she's having a hard time forgetting. You know, he's sure. been in for 10 years. It was no, not more than about three or four months afterwards. He got released from a life sentence. Wow. Out today and was at our fundraiser with his son up there testimony of what Cabagapi did in their, their lives and their family. And I love what his dad said when because they actually shared at our fundraiser. And he was saying, he said, you know, when my son told me he forgave me, I didn't even know that he had unforgiveness in his heart. I had no idea the effect of me going to prison, what it did to him and my wife, like my wife, like my son. Mm -hmm. And he said, so when he said that, he goes, that just, he goes, that just took me to my knees. He said, I figured, he said, he goes, who does this kind of work? He goes, but whatever it is, you know, I love it because, you know, we have a deeper relationship, a better relationship. And so now he's home and they're a family and, and he's been going to camp year two, year three. And so we're hoping that maybe get his dad at camp because that's kind of what the full circle ministry looks like is when the families come back together and they're a family unit and then that's part of what he's got you and being able to resource the family that's what he's got you this was our theme last year and part of where the foundation's going to come into play and, and be able to resource these families and even fund if we need to whatever they whatever the need yeah and so absolutely. yeah we're branding the he's got you at camp this year so that the kids when we get the foundation going that we have housing for when they need housing because we get calls all the time you know they're in hotels they need a place to stay you know job training because there's all kinds of organizations out there yeah but the families have a lot of times have a hard time finding where those resources are we want to bring it into one central location where we can kind of direct um, and help partner with other organizations in order to, to, to really make a difference in the lives of these families and these kids so i really believe that you know to really show the love of Christ is this is, is meeting an everyday need, you know, yeah. meeting yep. those needs that day. Hey, I need food, you know, I, I need the, my lights turned on. Hey, my husband's just getting out of prison. He needs job training, he needs job placement, right? Really yeah. coming in there and making a difference in, in all aspects of their lives to that we can actually transform generations after generations. Yeah, man. And you guys' next camp is in May, uh, where you got over 200 kids coming that's requiring like 300 volunteers, right? How do folks get involved where they can, you know, help help out and volunteer at this this camp coming up in May for you? Yeah, we'll, we'll be opening up registration for the volunteers in January. Okay. And it'll be open up from January all the way up to camp. And what you can do is you go on the website at campagapicalifornia.com, and we have a... <clears throat> A volunteer page where they can sign up and volunteer on the things they get need to get life scan and all that's on our on our website and on our, our forms that they fill out so anybody that's out there says hey you know what I got a heart for these kids or we want to start a camp and where we live because I really believe that we need multiple camps we have 300,000 yeah. kids in California I mean we're, we're just touching we're just making a dent uh, a small drop in the, in the in the ocean compared to what how many kids we want to reach, you know. Right. So we're, we're starting up one up in northern California coming up. So we're here to say, hey, you know what? We're here to help. 
we're here to help give structure or anything like that too if your heart's in that direction also and now i think i read on your website you guys are in arkansas you guys are in uh is it oregon oh, yeah oregon and then opening the second location possibly in california is there any other plans to expand further across the u.s obviously this is a a global issue where you know kids have their parents in, incarcerated but is there any plans to expand in other areas at this point we're we're working hand in hand with the northern california team gotcha um and we just sent a one of our team members up there to help with the, with the forms and everything that we required we built their website for them so we want to be able to resource them so that's what we're focusing at right now is just getting that camp up getting that camp strong that's where we really want to get the foundation going so we have the resources then when the camp would start because our camp costs about $175,000 to do one camp. All the volunteers come for free. All the kids come for free. So all the training, we do trauma training. We do, you know, the depth training so that when they're mentoring these kids, they're able to deal with the issues because these kids have been through a lot of stuff. So that involves a lot of training, a lot of, um, of teaching these uh, mentors and volunteers of what, you know, what to expect and what's going on. So all that encompassed, that the cost is about that much. but it, God's provided every year. Our very first year, I remember, we were, we were $100,000 short, and we're a couple of months away from camp, and one of our members goes, when do we shut down camp and we don't raise the money? Whoa, we don't roll, we don't, we don't roll like that. You know? Yeah, in, yeah. In faith, we did it. In faith, all the bills are covered. All, everything's been paid for for the last three years. We're actually going a little bit in the black this year. So far, going into the next year, uh, which is a big jump from the previous years, and but we need as much resources as possible. But I really want to, you know, get to that place where we can actually send a child to to college. You know, yeah. when, when you sign a kid up to camp, you start a college fund for them, teach the families how to how to manage that college fund, or or get to trade school because not all kids are you know college material, but right. get trade schools. But just to, to put some um, seed money in there so that they can have some some success in life and have a little more better opportunity when they can become teenagers and young adults to to get an education or whatever they need to get a you know good paying job or entrepreneurs like Edmund and yourself. And, yeah. Um, but let me awesome. tell you the the our heartbeat is to actually take this global. You said global, and that's what I heard yeah. the beginning of the year. So like. I go by not New Year's resolutions, but I always like live out a word and our word this year was build. And so I'm just kind of like asking God, what does that word look like next year? Like what's my new word? But this year was build. Yeah. And so everything that we do all the time that we put in and the majority of our, I mean, I could say we have one person that we pay um, to use our outreach coordinator, but everything we do is all volunteer. Hmm. So in order to take it to really to another level where we can take it global, I believe it hire people to do that yeah. and so i think that this foundation of being able to raise money because we have elite people that can do administration everybody that's doing that but they have everybody has jobs so it's kind of like we're at the mercy of everybody working on their free time or when they can put the time in i'm very fortunate that i can stay home and that i you know i do the same business ed my life does um so i i spend some time there but i'm a grandma i'm a mom a wife you know, and um, I'm actually part of the junior mentorship program too. So I have a couple of girls that are mentoring as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, so to take it to the next level, we definitely need the resources, the the money. So anybody who wants to get involved, there's so many different ways to get involved. Like my husband said, um, volunteer, mentor, donate, um, follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, 
And, and then my always last request is pray for us because I, I really believe that we have tapped into areas that have never been tapped. I, I see it. I feel it. I know it gets heavy at times, but, but then I meet some awesome people and then I just blow the wind in my sails and I keep going again. And right. we're just getting ready to go to our Saddleback party tonight. Okay. So it'll be like over, I think they serve over a thousand kids. And wow. so it's probably about maybe 50% of that. And then we're having our angel tree party on Sunday. And part of the strategy that John didn't mention is at Christmas time, the angel tree, right? So when we do this party for them and then they come and then we do a camp presentation and we show them camp. And then this year we'll have some of our kids sharing. Hey, I've been at year one, year two, year three at camp. This is what camp, this is how camp impacted my life. This is where I'm at today. And so like, we're already seeing like kids being positioned for a hope in the future, really breaking that cycle and saying, hey, I don't have to be that, you know, like even the yeah. girls that are entering right now, dad's in prison, gonna be in prison probably for about another 10 years. And mom's an addict somewhere in the empire. They don't even know their mom just, their mom's not in their life right now. Wow. And so, but yeah, but I always tell them, you know, their past, our past doesn't define our future. Like we can change that. And that's part of breaking the cycle. And yep. so we're already seeing that now. And so it's pretty awesome. So we have, we're probably going to be serving about 70 kids on Sunday. Okay. Um, because we're kind of like, that was our maximum with the group that we had. Because I'm doing agape. Because I'm all about agape. But angel tree is part of the strategy. Gotcha. That's where we start with the kids. Because one of our biggest donors is in fellowship. But not exclusive to that. So this last year, another thing that my husband didn't mention was we partnered with Cal Baptist University and um, with the social work program, and they're actually starting to collect data for us, like okay. how it's impacting, how it's changing the lives of these kids. And I really believe people want to see that, like yeah. how is it really making a difference? So we just asked them a series of questions, you know, like first time at camp, did you forgive somebody? Did this make your faith grow deeper in God? Did you receive God? Like, you know, so just kind of like those kind of questions. But but we already saw like 97% across the board, five-star camp, how it impacted them, even the parents. Like, it's amazing hmm. um, just the feedback because I do a post-survey after camp to the caregivers and um, the children too. This yeah. first year was for the children, but the last few years we did like a post-camp survey to the parents and or the guardians, caregivers, um, like how it impacted your child's life like did you see a difference you know what did you see that was different and what would you like to say to the people that donated to the camp so your children come for free so because everyone goes free yeah and so yeah so that's kind of i think everything about camp did they cover it all <laughs> that is amazing you guys are literally world changers and it's been an honor to talk to you guys today and yeah, i think we're we're minded i know you are too <laughs> oh man i think what you guys are doing is awesome i came from that broken home i came from you know addictions i watched my mom get the snot kicked out of her all the time by an abusive boyfriend and my dad was an alcoholic and and okay. I, my story is is just crazy but only through god have i been where i'm at today and, and you guys yes, are just doing right. awesome things so thank you so much for taking time i appreciate it I love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Hi guys. Thank you so much for hanging around. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to see more videos from Top Radio MMA and the Bearded Biz Show, please click the playlist and also hit subscribe to our channel. Become part of the Top Radio MMA and Bearded Biz community. We would really appreciate your support. Also, please leave a comment below. I will read and respond to all of them. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day.